I promise, I promise to, to be, be a good, reliable, and safe sitter, and to be true to the Babysitter's Club forevermore. In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club. Hi, hi. Hi, hi. And welcome to the Babysitter's Club Club. A podcast in which I, Jack Alexander Shepard. And I, Tanner Daniel Greenring. Wow, Daniel? Yeah, I have three names and only one of them is, like, normal. <laughs> Daniel is so normal. Yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot. I did not... Have you told me that before? Did you just make it up for this? No, I didn't make it up. <laughs> it's been my middle name since I was Daniel born. sounds like... Tanner is a name that you would give to a dog. Yep. Daniel is a name that you would make up if you suddenly realized that you were put on the spot and you didn't have a middle name and you needed to make something up. No, it's my it's my biological father's name. Daniel. Daniel. So your nicknamed full name is Tan Dan Greenring? Yeah. That's pretty good. My grandpa calls me TD. TD? Hey, TD, get in here. Go ahead. Um, I'm Jack Sh- Alexander Shepard. Tanner Daniel Greenring. You're Tanner Daniel Greenring. What we do here is we record... A podcast that is called the Babysitters Club Club, in which I no, nope. <laughs> we've already done I think, that part. I think we got that part through. Um, and this week, which is episode number sixteen, book number fifteen, that's going to get confusing and annoying. Uh, we should have, we should have given the super special a super special number as well. Oh, you know what? Here's a thought. I was thinking about. I was going to say that um, that wouldn't help because iTunes already numbers your shit for you no matter what. Yeah. And it occurred to me that a thing that real podcasters do, and now we're... Getting there? We're a real podcast. We're getting there. Is that they talk to their baby nation, and they say... They all have baby nations? I think so. I think that's how it works, right? Okay. It's a a large nation full of babies, Uh and they're all listening to their podcasts. This one. Our our baby nation. Yeah. Listen, baby nation, I, I... Went on iTunes recently and read some of the very nice reviews that people have written for us, and that made me really happy. And you know what would be great? If you could go and write a review if you haven't. Oh, and subscribe to our show, too. And subscribe to the show. I check our numbers. Not enough of you subscribe. Yeah. I know there are more people in Baby Nation than are subscribing to the show. So please do us. If you like, if you like the, what is it? Kids Incorporated Inc.? Kids, Kids Incorporated Inc. If you like the show... Oh, no, we were bought out by Goliath Industries. Oh, right. Okay. So if you listen... If you listen Goliath, Goliath Industries... <laughs> Goliath Industries Titans. If or, you guys love Goliath Industries Industries, <laughs> please go <laughs> rate and subscribe the show on iTunes. Great. Um, good. Th- that's the first time that we've said anything like that on the show. Like, please subscribe. Give us a rating. Yeah. It feels good. It feels professional. Right. Um. Unfortunately, we totally undermined ourselves. You think we're like, muddying the message a little yeah, bit? Yeah, <laughs> but that's all right. We'll get it. We'll get it right by what is this episode? Episode number sixteen by episode thirty-two. I guarantee. Book fifteen, you. episode sixteen. We're gonna. Um, oh, that's just gonna keep getting messier because we're gonna keep doing super specials. And we might every what ten apps? Yeah, every ten episodes or so, and we might start doing some little sister books. Oh yeah, that was speaking of leaving nice comments on iTunes. That was one of the nice comments that somebody left for us uh, was that they wanted us to do a Little Sister book. So that comment noted. We'll get around to Little Sister eventually. 
Yeah. But we're not doing the kids and Mrs. whatever's class. Yeah, well, th- nobody even knows about this. There's another thing that Ann M. Martin does in the, in the sitter-verse, in the baby-verse. Which runs concurrent to BSC and yeah. Little Sisters. That's like the kids of Miss Glenbrook's class. Right. And it's a class at Stony Brook Academy. Yeah. That I think maybe Karen Brewer's in. Yeah, they all have mutant powers. No, I don't think they have mutant powers. I think that's it. I, I think you're thinking like of- everyone has me, and like Mrs. Glenbrook is this like she's this like wheelchair bound like savant super psychic who's like super psychic. But she's like, got like a big machine in her basement that helps her find other gifted youngsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good stuff, but you know, like there it's, are only it's a departure. Yeah, yeah. There are only so many spinoffs that we can do. Right. Uh, what did we read this week, Tanner? We read Dawn. Wow. There's okay, Baby Nation, there's a reason that I introduced this podcast and not Tanner. And I think you're witnessing it right now. It was we a Dawn book. A little book that was called Little Miss Stonybrook. Dot dot dot. And, and Dawn. Dawn. Um as all Dawn books are, uh very, very religious. Uh in I wasn't getting religion in this one. You found it? Yeah, you man. found it. Of course you found it. I made a promise to you. You, I, I knew you weren't going to remember this, so I have to bring it up because you're not going to bother to hold me to it. But last time we read a Dawn book, you said that if I don't find a religious theme in the next Dawn book, like we're done, I'm not allowed to ever talk about it again. Guess what, man? What? New bet. Okay. Episode 13. Yeah. Three episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Two episodes ago. Yep. I challenged you to a bet. Mm-hmm. And the specifics of the bet were not there, but the the outcome of the bet was. Yeah. And it was that at our first live show, mm-hmm. someone would have to wear the the outfit of Claudia Kishi's that you described. Yeah. It's and we intense. said we would figure out what the bet was later. Yeah. That's the bet. You have to find plausible religious iconography. Yeah. Religious meaning. Okay. In every Dawn book. Great. From now until our first live show. And if you don't, and I have to, you have to win me over. Okay. And if you don't, you have to wear that outfit on stage. And if you do, you have to wear I that have to wear that outfit on stage. And it sounds uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, There's some yeah. tights involved. It's going to be all out there. <laughs> I'm fine with it. I, like, I'm surprised that you would want it to, like, it's, it's been so obvious so far in each one of the three Dawn books that we've had. The first book, Dawn and the Holy Trinity. Nope. I don't think that was the The title. second bu- book, Dawn and the Holy Ghost. No. And this book, Dawn and the Virgin Mary. No. Here's a true thing that I would like to draw your attention to. Yeah. We normally at this stage have told our listeners what the fuck the book that we're reading is about. And there's a reason that we do that, which is that we can't expect everyone in Baby Nation to do the hard work that we do of reading these books. Reading a 120-page book for kids? Yeah. The the reason that the Baby Nation is listening to this is because they want the book summarized for them so they don't have to read it. Okay. I'm going to give you a very quick summary of the book, and then I'm going to put 60 seconds on the clock and you're going to fill the listeners in on all of the minor details. Are you ready for that? Haunted by the sudden loss of her only friend, Claudia Kishi has become broken, twisted. But when she turns her malevolent intentions towards innocent, bookish Charlotte Johansson, she sets in motion a chain of events that could spell disaster for all the unsuspecting children of Stony Brook. Pressed into battle against one another against their wills, the town's youngest citizens find themselves in a fight that only one will survive. 
It's the Little Miss Stony Brook pageant, but the stakes are as big as they come. Little Miss Stony Brook. Dot, dot, dot. And Dawn. Do you feel like you have anything to add to that? Claudia and Charlotte were not the, the main characters in this book. They were not even the secondary characters. Oh, for some reason, it really stuck with me, though. There was something deeply sad about it. And that because you were sick and we had to skip a record and I had to reread the book, uh-huh. like this time, it, that is the thing that really sank in, is the way that Claudia treats Charlotte Johansson. But maybe the book that's... is actually about... okay. Great. That's a great that's a great thing for you to say. And oh, and also, let me say before I hit this this button to start the 60 seconds. You've been dropping the ball lately. There was a there, no. was, a, there was an episode recently where you just said one thing. Yeah, that was That was good. That was Stacey. good by Stacy. All right. So, I need Only you, one thing happened in that book. I, yeah, well, that's actually true. I need you to fill 60 seconds of time. Yeah. Putting 60 seconds on the clock. I'm going to start right now. Dawn the titular character of this book uh, was a former beauty, child beauty star. Pageant? What are they called? Child pageant? Beauty pageant? 50 seconds what are they remaining. Called? Uh, she used to be one, and she catches wind about this one. And all the girls are like, ew, that's sexist. Ew, that's gross. We're not going to have any of our babies that we babysit enter that. But Claire and Margot Pike catch wind of it. And they're like, uh, yep, sign us up. So they ask Mrs. Pike, and she says yes, And Don, as long as Don coaches them and takes them to it. Which is perfect, because Don used to do them. All the other girls think, that's not fair. We want our babies that we babysit to be in the pageant as well. Marianne uh, brings um, Mariah. Claudia enters... Charlotte and 60 seconds. Johansson and Christy enters. Nope, that's it. Do you want to do a double take? Let me just let me wrap it up. I'm a little sick still, so you have to excuse some of some of this. I'm a little slow on the draw. Also, you gave Natalie Johansson. Yeah. Like five minutes. We were very lucky to get an expert in the field. I'm becoming an expert. What did Glockham, Glockham Malcolm say? What's his name? Wow. <laughs> Glockham Ma- Madwell. Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> yeah. He said, do anything for, read any book series for 15 books and you'll be an expert. I think that's it. I think, yeah. I'm going to give you 30 more seconds. Okay. To f- fucking wrap this up. Yeah. Can you handle it? Try to bring a little more energy. 30 seconds, man. Think about how you want to start. Think about how you want to end. Stick that landing. Let's go now. Christy brought... God, who did Christy bring? <laughs> you just wanted to get hung up on the names right all over again. I just we want to remember who Christy brought. Who did Christy bring? I can tell you because I wrote it down. Pageant rolls. Claire... And Margot. And Margot. Was Dawn. Dawn. Claire plays, does a bit where she sings a a raunchy version of Popeye the Sailor Man. (laughs) It wasn't raunchy. Margot does a bit where she recites the very long poem, The House That Jack Built. Right. While peeling a banana with her toes. Yep. Sounds gross. Mariah. Yeah. Sings The Good Ship Lollipop while tap dancing. Yeah, I don't know what that is, but whatever. And that is Marianne's charge. Charlotte, who is Claudia's charge, recites the violet turning into a blueberry scene from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. 
Right. And this is kind of what I was getting at with my introduction. There's, and this is like under a section which I've now had in my notes for the last three or four books called The Eternal Sadness of Claudia. Right. Claudia, ever since Stacy left, she's turned into this very different, slightly terrifying, depressive personality. Yeah. Here's the quote where she's talking to Charlotte Johansson. You know what I miss most about her? Claudia asked. What? said Charlotte. I missed how she was just always there. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm not sure, Charlotte replied honestly. Well, said Claudia slowly, I mean that I could call her for any time for any reason. I could go to her with any problem or with any good thing that happened. I could count on her for fun or help or sympathy or anything. I guess that's what a best friend is. Yeah. That's like, I'm not exaggerating. That's the world that Claudia lives in now. It's a world without fun, without help. Without sympathy uh-huh. uh, and without friends. And she takes it out on this fucking innocent child who doesn't want to be entered into the Little Miss Stony Brook pat- Yeah, pageant. I feel bad for Charlotte in this book because she definitely does not want to join. And Claudia's like, come on, you got to join. And she's like, no, I don't want to. Yeah. What do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about some of the, the more – should we want to delve into the religious significance? Yeah, let me grab a beer. Okay, grab me one too. All right, uh, let's get into it, man. I want to hear you prove to me, yeah, that this book had any kind of religious imagery. I don't. I mean, I think that Don like it was a weird bet for you to have entered into because Don books always very obviously do run right on the surface. Mm-hmm. The first Don book was Don and the Impossible Three, obviously a reference to the Trinity. Yep. Um, Been through that. The second Dawn book was uh, The Ghost at Dawn's House, obviously referenced the Holy Ghost. Uh-huh. And so I kind of assumed the books get more and more about Dawn's increasingly personal relationship with God uh-huh. um, and her sort of faith. Uh-huh. So you start with the Trinity, which is kind of a very intellectual way of approaching it. And then you have the Holy Ghost, uh, which is a more intimate way of approaching it and then the most intimate so far is her relationship with the virgin mary okay look here's a quote the contestants will be judged on poise talent and looks yeah so here's how they train for poise let's work on poise don suggested she placed a book on each girl's head now stand up straight and walk gracefully uh uh-huh. hail mary full of grace okay <laughs> okay talent that girls who are training for the Stony Brook pageant every single one of them at some point when asked what they should do at first want to sing a Christmas song okay it happens every time they're like like Margot is like I could do Silent Night yeah there's this weird like the thing about Little Miss Stony Brook is like the question that Anna Martin is asking us is what does it mean to be Little Miss Stony Brook it means you get a crown. Yeah. Some flowers. Yeah. The first runner-up prize for yeah. Little Miss Stony Brook was so much better than winning Little Miss Stony Brook, which was you get to go on a shopping spree yeah. at a local toy store. Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers. Mariah uh, wins. She's, yeah. she's first runner-up, and she wins a shopping spree. And yeah. they, wrote, they wrote it up in the Stony Brook Times. The Stony Brook paper covers this pageant in the way that 
you would expect like if it was like Watergate. There are like five articles. Like the book starts with everybody in their separate homes looking at the Stony Brook paper and it's like front page. Like there's going to be a beauty pageant. Right. They run an article for announcing it multiple times. They run an article for whoever wins it. They run an article like about the shopping spree that happens when the third place finisher does her shopping spree. Uh-huh. They run an article about the literal parade that the town of Stony Brook throws for the winner. Jesus Christ. Here's I don't always want to I do always want this. Mm-hmm. I always want to be the one who brings it to a spooky supernatural place. Mhm. You could be the guy who brings up boring academic shit, and I'll be the one who brings up exciting supernatural stuff. Okay, great. Um, what if this is such a big deal in Stony Brook because mm-hmm. it's the witches? Oh shit! Looking for the most eligible, like young, purest, young, like virginal sacrifice. Wow! For their or new or dark new lord, new witch. Oh, or, or new wit. No, they'll take anybody, man. Oh, yeah, they would take. They took all of them. They'll take anyone. Anyone who will drink lemonade is good enough to be a witch. Yeah, and there's some subtle... I think this is looking for the, the purest sacrifice. Yeah. I guarantee sense. if we make it another year in this universe, Yeah, which is going to take a long time because, as we know, time is slowed to a crawl in this universe. Yeah. So if another year passes and we make it to another Miss Stony Brook, I guarantee you that the winner... Sabrina Bouvier. Sabrina Bouvier will not be there yeah, at next year's Little Miss Stony Brook because she will have been sacrificed to the great old ones. So what you're saying is that you see the Little Miss Stony Brook pageant yeah. as being about a pure virgin who is sacrificed for the greater good. Uh, yes, but I'm saying in context of like witches sacrificing it to Satan. Okay. To, to bring... All right, we'll move on. I just wanted to table that. The second thing I wanted to say is actually about Sabrina Bouvier. Okay. Sabrina Bouvier in Babysitter's Lore is this really interesting character because she shows up again. What do you mean? In, what do you mean she shows up again? She shows up Don't again. Don't tell me that there's a book title called like, Hello, Sabrina. In BSC number 60. Why do you know that? Marianne's makeover. Because for scholars of the Babysitter's Club, Sabrina Bouvier is this really mysterious figure. In the plot of Marianne's makeover, the whole school gets all up on Marianne's jock because she gets this great makeover. And all of a sudden, the super popular eighth grader suddenly pays attention to her. The super popular eighth grader named Sabrina Bouvier, who is in Marianne's class, suddenly pays attention to her. I don't like you reading ahead. I don't like you spoiling things for the baby nation. Yeah. Sabrina Bouvier, winner of the Stony Brook pageant, is seven years old. What? The next time that's the Stony the Stony Brook pageant is for five to oh, seven yeah. years. The next time she shows up, she's older than Marianne. Older than Marianne, who's in seventh grade. Yeah, she's a year older than Marianne. Do you not find that utterly terrifying? Uh, here's what I'm thinking now, yeah. man. This now this now goes right back into my theory because I think the ritual was a success, and now Sabrina Bouvier. Mm-hmm. In by book sixty, she is the avatar of the great old ones. Yeah, they they are birthed into this world, into this reality, right? And the body they inhabit is probably Ashley, uh, uh, Sabrina Bouvier. Although I'm sure Ashley Wyeth will be there too. Yeah, that was interesting that Ashley Wyeth came into your came into your mind right then. 
un, unbidden. Yeah. Here's a little line for you and for members of the Baby Nation who have been listening to enough episodes to know that we have some really strong evidence built up that something is going on with the dolls in Stony Brook. Yeah, they're in control. Are basically in control. Yeah. When all of the other girls suggest that they're going to do Christmas songs at the pageant, which right. is a weird thing to do because it's not Christmas. It's a weird thing to do unless you see the pageant in the light of this being a semi-religious text and the pageant being a ritualistic version of Dawn's coming to accept the depth of her faith. Uh-huh. One baby sit e, one baby. Yep. One of the babies doesn't suggest a Christmas song to do at the pageant before settling on her actual routine, uh-huh. and that is Karen Brewer. Right. Here's what Karen Brewer suggests. I could sit on a piano and sing, or I could tap dance, or or twirl a baton, or make a doll talk. Ooh, I missed it. And you missed it. I missed make a doll talk? And that's Karen Brewer. Karen Brewer, who we know is a representative of, of the forces of good here. Is Karen also the one who took control over a doll in a previous book? Some no. other... That was Baby. that was I think Margot. Uh, yeah, it wasn't Karen, but no, this is I think this this is this is Karen's way of. So saying, we've got a building resistance then. Yeah, we've well, got Karen, we've got Margot, we've got girls who are fighting back against the dolls. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see where this goes. Yeah, I just want to. I don't care about any of the Babysitters Club or anything else. Yeah, I just want to read about Karen Brewer all the time. Karen Brewer is incredible. Oh fucking hell! Here's the thing we haven't done. If we were smart, we would have a segment where Tanner tells you what happens in this book early on, and then mm-hmm. you would be able to listen to this podcast, and you would be able to enjoy it knowing the plot points of this book. Uh-huh. But I guess we just don't do that, no. or we do we try. do it, but we don't, we don't do it very well. Yeah. There's a huge fucking subplot in this book about Dawn's brother, Jeff. Goes back to California. Goes back to California. Yeah, I was going to get to it, but I couldn't remember who Christy was overseeing. <laughs> You really got it up. Here's here's I have a few things to say about that. One of the things is what Anna Martin's note to the readers is at the end of the book. She says the humor in this book was tempered by a serious subplot. It is in this book that Jeff returns to California. While Don is upset by this, she understands why Jeff misses California and their father. In fact, later in the series. Dawn faces this dilemma herself. Happy reading. This is like a classic Martin move. What does that mean? What does that mean? That Dawn's fucking leaving. What does that mean? Dawn's not leaving. Don't look. No, no, no. It's Get time, off your phone. Get it's off time your phone. for the new. No, no, no. It's time we for our most favorite segment. Tanner looks at his phone. No, we hate I need to see segment. if Dawn leaves. No, we can't. We hate the segment where you look shit up on your phone. The Baby Nation are among the savviest digital consumers <laughs> uh-huh. around. Yep. These are Obviously. people who know how to fucking navigate to iTunes, subscribe to a fucking podcast, right, uh-huh. Baby Nation? Or our website, babysittersclubclub.com. Go to our fucking website, or babysittersclubclub.com. Or fan page, babysitterscl- babysittersclubclub. They're on everything. These are people who are subscribing, yeah. rating, and reviewing our podcast on Non-stop. iTunes. Yeah. Sometimes they'll do it. They'll they'll give us f- like a five star rating. These people, these are people who are tweeting at us. Yeah, they retweet. No, they're tweeting at us. They're, they they found our Twitter handles. They're tweeting at there's us. There's no there's no Twitter handle for Babysitters Club, so they find ours. Yeah, and they tweeted us. And yeah, we love it. Oh, these are the savviest people in the world. I go to work in the morning. My computer's not plugged in, and it hasn't been for about six years, <laughs> and I don't know how to. 
How do you even know about podcasting? <laughs> All I know about is sitting here, chatting with my buddy uh, every week. Do you even know we're recording this? Nope. <laughs> it's the news, the news to me. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hmm. What would I do with an extra hour in my day? Very interesting question, BetterHelp. Hello, everyone. This is Evil Tanner. I'm like regular Tanner, except evil. Our sponsor, BetterHelp, has put a little prompt here in the copy for us. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? My own website, which only exists on the dark web, of course, uh, wetterhelp.com, could use a little help. So I would probably use that hour to... Do a whole bunch, like, just flood Facebook with one like, one prayer. Please go donate to my GoFundMe. I need to bring my website, wetterhelp.com, back from the brink. Betterhelp.com, they feel like there's a little bit of uh, infringement. I said, well, you know, we're on the dark web. You guys are on the surface web. Our whole thing is, like, getting people wet who don't want to be wet. So it's, like, stepping in a puddle or, like, sitting on a bench that's wet. That's us. Like, that's what we do. Share this with a friend, one like, one prayer. I will follow through on the like prayer stuff, too. I will be praying all night. I would use today's sponsor, BetterHelp.com. Um, of course, I can't. I am evil tanner. I can only use the deep web. We do have a deep web version of BetterHelp.com. Um, it's called WorseHelp.com. It's not good, but I think BetterHelp.com is great from everything I've heard. Convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. You can switch at any time, no additional charge. Uh, go check it out. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Bedfellows to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Bedfellows. See you there. Well, not me, but have fun. Um, what are we talking about? <laughs> Baby Nation. Wait, what were we talking about? I don't remember. You were on a, You were ramping up to something, and of course. Oh, yeah. Oh. I want to talk about Jeff. I want to talk about the Jeff subplot. I want to give you a little quote real quick. Jeff's last dinner with us was leftovers. Don't you dare say. Don't I dare say what? Why? What? What's coming into your mind unprompted? Do you want to say it for the Baby Nation? You're going to say The Last Supper. Oh, oh, interesting. No, I actually I hadn't noticed that. I was actually going to talk about how it's really sad that the last time that Don sees her brother before he moves across the country to California is is like them just having fucking leftovers. But it, please tell me, tell me what what they didn't why have did, leftovers at the Last Supper? Why did Jack. the why did the <laughs> We don't know that. <laughs> We don't know that. They had the blood of Christ <laughs> and the body of Christ. We do know that. And I don't think the Schaefers were e- drinking the blood of Christ or eating the body of Christ because they are health nuts. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, for the Baby Nation who haven't been following along, is Don's brother. Uh-huh. Uh, for the Baby Nation who reasonably may not have picked up on this because we barely talked about it, even though it's been a subplot in the last few books, is Jeff is really struggling yeah he's uh, been having a hard time in stony brook been having a fucking terrible time uh he's not getting along with his classmates he's getting into fights and the reason for all of that is because he just desperately wants to move back to disneyland daddy yeah uh which is what we call don's father tell me i'm your disneyland daddy 
Oh, wow. You've really perfected your Lana Del Rey yeah. version of that song. He's a Disneyland daddy for people who didn't listen to The Ghost at Dawn's House because he is the kind of daddy who... Go back and listen. That's a good app. That's a good fucking episode. Listen to it. Oh, this is an opportunity to tell people to fucking subscribe to the... Subscribe to the show. Subscribe to the show. And rate it and review it. And rate it and review it, please. Yeah. And follow us on (laughs) Facebook. Follow us on... And find our personal Twitter account. I, like, literally don't know how to use the internet. (laughs) I have no idea. You work on it. (laughs) Jeff's moving back. Yep. To California with his dad, and it's a real bummer. It's breaking up the family. I thought that this might be a good opportunity to introduce a segment that we have on the show that's called Tearful Love. Oh, I thought you were introducing a new segment. <laughs> no, I've got two. Se- I've got three segments related to Jeff. Okay, so we got to push through them. None of them is even dolls. None of them is even dolls. You know what? I think we should start doing spinoff podcast baby nation shoot us a tweet yeah shoot us a tweet that if you like the doll theory stuff like subscribe <laughs> rate review and then shoot us a tweet snapchat us if you like the doll theory stuff and we'll do a whole separate podcast that's just the dolls of stony brook and we'll maybe read some of Anna martin's other series the doll people. twilight of the doll people <laughs> i think it'd be a pretty short run podcast yeah <laughs> um did you have a tear- tearful moment this week um i did but it's going to be the same as yours. I wrote down three, so pick one, and I'll fucking say the other one. Mine is mine was Don's mom mm-hmm. going to her room every night to cry. Yeah, that was actually mine. Don specifically mentions that for like the last two weeks that Jeff's in town. Yeah, every day they get home, they have dinner, and then Don's mom like retires to her room to just cry. That really bummed me out. And so does Don. But not Jeff. Jeff's like all like roses and Skittles. It's brutal. And Jeff is just like, 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 he's like fighting with kids, like finding kids in his class and shit. Yeah, but you know what? Everything that happens to you is a choice. Whoa. And you're, you're choosing everything you do. Yeah. And the reason Jeff is fighting is because he made up his mind since he came to Stony Brook that he wants to go back to California. This is, he's choosing to fight. Jesus, that's good stuff, man. This is not this is not him. This is not a step they're taking to like save Jeff from a life of crime. Jeff is like everything we do is a choice. All of us are making a choice. We're making a choice to be happy. We're making a choice to be unhappy. We're making a choice to fight Henry ha- Haggerty or whatever his name is. Jerry Haney. Jerry Haney. Yeah. So I don't buy it. I don't buy that Jeff would have become a criminal anyway cuz we're all making choices. Every day we make a choice. We make a choice. To accept Little Miss Stony Brook into our lives. No. This ideal that we can always aspire to but never fully find. That in a town where a thousand different things are happening in every every corner, in every day, the Little Miss Stony Brook, when that comes onto the horizon is the one thing that everyone focuses on. It's in the news. Have you heard the good news? Have you heard the good news about Little Miss Stony Brook? Fuck you, fine, I concede. Have you heard? I concede, I concede. The good news? I got I you concede. with the good news? I got you with the good news? Is that what it was? No, it just it was the final straw. <laughs> Cuz I got more. I don't like I don't want I don't want to belabor this. I think that like I think there's a lot more in this book. I'm not saying that that's everything that's happening in this book. That's your tearful moment. That's my tearful moment. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Baby Nation, Tanner Greenring, man who is sitting across the old table from me, text him with, text him with Jamie Greenring, I suspect. Mrs. Greenring, hello. 16 episodes, you're still... Ms. Ms.? Miss Greenring. What? I don't understand. She has consciously made a choice not to buy into the patriarchy and be referred to as wife of Tanner Greenring. You know who else would do that? Mallory. Mallory She's Pike. Miss Greenring. Mallory Pike is on a real feminist tip this book. I like that a lot. Everyone is. Yeah. Wait, hang on. Too many things. Yeah. <laughs> we have another segment that we do that is called the Burn of the Week. Burn of the Week. I was right there with you this time. You God, it feels, doesn't it feel good when you do it with me? Yeah. Doesn't it feel better than when you undermine it? Yeah. It per- felt good, right? Wait, I'm going to do this too, because okay. I've discovered in GarageBand that there's a filter called telephone voice. Okay. So let's do, add in like a bunch of like explosion sound effects. Yeah. But then I'm going to do a lady voice saying, burn of the week. <laughs> and we'll put that in there too. So it'll be like, burn of the week. And then like halfway through that, the lady telephone voice will go. Burn of the week. <laughs> that sounds good, man. Uh, did you have a burn of the week this week? You went first with this cheerful moment. Let me go first with the burn of the week. Yep. I actually have two. Uh-huh. One of them is related to Jeff. Was that your burn of the week? Uh-huh. All right, so I'm going to go with the other one. Uh, so this is Karen. One of my favorite things in this book is when the Little Miss Stony Brook contestants have to answer questions about, like, like, how would you make the world a better place? And when Karen gets asked it, you could almost see the wheels turning in Karen's head. She wanted to say the right thing, what Christy had told her to say, but she simply couldn't bear to be dishonest. And the question is, if your house is burning down, who would you rescue? Right. Like, and, and they rehearsed this. Christy told her, say your parents. Yeah. Say your family. Like, say yeah. your pets. Yeah. Jesse at some point is like, oh, you could say like your photo albums. Or right. You could like rescue your memories or something like that. Uh, she wanted to say the right thing, but she simply couldn't bear to be dishonest. I'd rescue Moosey, my stuffed cat, and Tickly, my blanket, and as many toys as I could carry. Right. Oh, uh, is there any way I could rescue a fourth thing? <laughs> if I could, it would be my brother Andrew. Uh <laughs> Oh, wait, or maybe my pen that writes in three colors. Yeah. <laughs> I captured that, too, and I captured it as a burn of the yeah. week. But it's not quite clear who it's a burn on. It's either a burn on Andrew. Yeah. Because, like, is he as good as my pen that writes in three colors? <laughs> or literally the rest of fucking Karen's entire like goddamn family. family, <laughs> including their dog, Shannon. Right. Oh, and we learned from – oh, here's a thing we learned from somebody that – uh, from Baby Nation who tweeted at us this week. There's a little sister book that's about Karen burying her pet. Right. That's like like little sister number 15. Right. So she fucking lets another dog die? Yeah. And this is this is why. It's this kind of negligence. Maybe the, maybe the dog burns in a fire. Yeah. Maybe she goes through with her promise to save Maybe Andrew. that's maybe or that one is con- pen. is contemporaneous with the fire at Marianne's house. It was a cleansing fire that took all of Stony Brook. <laughs> Somebody was like, these dolls are getting out of control. It was those goddamn French witch hunters. <laughs> they finally just burned the place to the yeah. ground. Oh, man. Hey, remember how we were talking about burn of the week? Barely. Wait, no, fuck. I fucked up my own segue. <laughs> you remember how we were talking about houses burning down? Uh-huh. Speaking of burns, what's your burn of the week? My burn of the week. Fucking hell. <laughs> was Jeff yeah. Schaefer is leaving 
Stony Brook, Connecticut, to move back to California. Mm -hmm. And his teacher at Stony Brook's School for Gifted Youngsters. Let me interrupt you for a second, and I'll tell you why, because I know where you're going with this. Uh I wrote down this same burn of the week. And when I wrote it down, I th- weirdly thought of you. I feel like this is some shit that you would do. The thing that the, Jerry Haney did to The thing that Jerry Haney does. It felt Haney. like a very Tanner move. Uh, t- say, please, please continue. Mrs. Wentworth yeah. at the Stony Brook Academy for Gifted Youngsters makes everyone in Jeff's class write him a car, a goodbye card. Mandatory. Have to write Jeff a goodbye card. Jeff's mortal enemy, Jerry Haney has to write him a goodbye card so jeff brings all these cards home and she's showing them to don and don's like well did jerry haney write you one and jeff's like yeah take a look and he hands it to her and it's a beautiful card on the front it says jeff goodbye and on the inside there's this beautiful intricate delicate drawing complex lines on lines colors on colors and hidden very subtly among the lines and colors where Mrs. Wentworth will never see it, he wrote in very small letters, and good riddance. <laughs> Which, Which is, is fucking good. awesome. <laughs> yeah. And uh, sadly, Jeff tears up the, the card and throws it in the trash because of the, Fucking Jeff, man. You know, you know, I don't think Jeff does it. I think Dawn does it. Oh, really? Yeah, Dawn is so mad about it that she tears it up and Dawn throws it in the garbage. Such Jeff huge... doesn't give a shit. Jeff's on cloud nine in this book. Like they go to the airport at the end of the book yeah. to send him to California, and Don and Don's mom are like weeping, and yeah. Jeff is literally whistling. He's yeah. like, he's like, oh, California, and you know that shit is gonna like end up being a disaster. Like he's not gonna be happy there. Which brings me to another segment that we have introduced in previous episodes, but never given an official name. The Great American Novel of the Week. Okay. Um, I'd like to play a... Have we really introduced that before? I <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't fucking know. It does uh, we were up. talking about Hemingway. Yeah. This one, I, this is just I, maybe too obvious, a thing that Anna Martin is doing, because she, she, she loves her Great American Novelist. Uh-huh. But... California as false hope. Like, Jeff, like, thinks that if he moves to California, everything's going to be okay. Got it. Got where you're going. We, we, could, we could play a little game that I like to call Grapes of Wrath or Little Miss Stonybrook. I'm sorry. Did you say Wrath? How do you say it? Grapes of Wrath. Wrath. Grapes of Wrath uh-huh. or Little Miss Stonybrook. Okay. And Dawn. Uh-huh. You're going to read me a passage yeah. from John Steinbeck's Grapes of I'm Wrath. I'm going to read you a passage. You're going to tell me whether you think it's from Grapes of Wrath. Yeah. Or Little Miss Stonybrook. Right. And Dawn. I'm sorry about what happened at school today. Really am. I couldn't help it. It's like all I can think about is California. That was Little Miss Stonybrook and Dawn. Okay. I think I think that if I could get to California, all those anger bubbles would go away, like somebody turning off the fire underneath you. Yeah, Little Miss Stonybrook and Dawn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. To California or any place, everyone a drum major leading a parade of hurts, marching with our bitterness. And someday the armies of bitterness will all be going the same way, and they'll all walk together, and there'll be a dead terror from it. Uh, this is a guess. Yeah. This is a wild guess. Mm-hmm. Grapes of Wrath by John Steinbeck. Yep, yep, that's the one. I got one more. This is a hard one. Uh-huh. If only they didn't tell me I got to get off. Why... I'd probably be in California right now. Oaky accent. (laughs) Eating grapes (laughs) 
and picking an orange when I wanted. But them sons of bitches says I got to get off. And Jesus Christ, man's got to do what he's told to. All right, there was two giveaways in that one. <laughs> That's Jeff. That is Jeff. That's Jeff? That's Jeff. <laughs> it's Little Miss Stony Brook and Dawn. That's a good segment. Uh, I think we should do Great American Novel of the Week every week. <laughs> yeah. Man. That's good. Uh, yeah. You know what? Here's a fucking thing that I realized while I was taking notes for this uh, episode. We have a ton of fucking segments. We have a ton of fucking shitload of segments uh-huh. that we never do. This is another one that you came up with that's called Baller of the Week. Do you want to try to come up with a better way of introducing it that's not just ba 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 No, I think that's our thing. That's the thing? ba 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 Great American novel. You know what? I don't know why I put this under this segment because it could also easily go under everybody being awesome at this Stony Brook pageant when they're asked about like how they would save the world. Right. But Margot and Claire together are my ballers of the week, the two Pike sisters. Here's what Margot says when she's rehearsing the pageant. Okay, the girls were sitting side by side on the living room couch. They looked tired but determined. I hoped they could hold up during the pageant. The next day would be a long one. Margot, I said, what is your greatest wish? Global peace, she replied immediately. Right. That's fucking baller. That's a fucking five-year-old. Uh-huh. She doesn't know what it means. Great. Now, Claire, if the house were on fire and you had time to rescue three things, what would they be? I would rescue, Claire began sweetly. My family members, global peace. And the fire extinguisher. Yeah, that's good. It satisfies everyone's needs. The judges are happy with my family members. It shows compassion. (laughs) She says global peace, which not only shows up her idiot sister. It's like, oh, cool. You wish for global peace? I'm going to fucking do something about it and save it from a fire. (laughs) And then it shows her like reasoning faculties. No, she's fucking awesome. And I'm going to save the fire extinguisher and put out this fire before it does any damage. Yeah, no, it's pretty good stuff. Uh, this is the book mm-hmm. where they reveal the babysitter's oath. Yeah. It's in the very intro pages, page seven, according to my Kindle version. The babysitter's oath goes as such. Should we, you want to say it together? Yeah. You ready? Yep. I promise, I promise to, to be, be a good, reliable, and safe sitter, and to be true to the babysitter's club forevermore. That feels good. Yeah, that's the babysitter's oath that Jesse and Mallory have to recite at the beginning of this book. Yeah. I really wish that there was some way to incorporate the babysitter's oath into our podcast. I mean, we could start every episode by intoning the babysitter's oath. Ah, oh, fuck. I don't, like, it's, it's so late. I don't want to talk about the section of my notes called indoctrination into the social order. No, let's not. <laughs> let's we'll get, get out of it. I will say, do you want to know what the first word of the book is? Yeah. Order. You want to know what the second word of the book is? Order. You want to know what the third word of the book is? I'm going to guess order. Please. You want to know what the fourth word of the book is? Order. This is a book that is about these girls making choices about whether they are going to be indoctrinated into the fucking conservative social order that is the BSC Uh or they're going to go their own way. Of course it's Christy who's the one who's saying order, 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 order. Who says please? Also Christy. Okay. <laughs> but Mallory and Jesse, who are the new members, are totally rebelling against this shit. Like they like all of the babysitters are like, Hey, let's fucking enter these girls into this like patriarchal, weird, like cultural hegemony fucking pageant. 
Right. And Mallory and Jesse are both like, hey, you know what? We're out. We're like, we boycott this. Well, this like, is sexist. This is it's now weird to put girls in these fucking roles. Like, two books in a row that Mallory and Jesse have been these voices of revolution. Yeah. Last episode, they like conquered systemic racism. Yeah. This episode, they're conquering the patriarchy. Yeah. I can't wait totally. to see what's in store. It's for fucking these two. amazing. We should keep an eye on Jesse and Mallory because I think they're going to be these disruptors over I and over. I fucking love Jesse and Mallory. We're like, okay, good. This is a great segue into uh, the end of this podcast. The next book, the next book that we're reading is called Jesse's Secret Language. Uh-huh. It's going to be a Jesse POV. It's the first time, it's the first time in this series that I've been genuinely excited about reading a POV from a new babysitter. I have traditionally been bummed out that, like, suddenly, oh, like, what the fuck is Dawn going to do? Uh-huh. Then Dawn was awesome. Like, what the fuck is, oh, shit, like, Stacy's leaving? Oh, I'm actually really pleased that Stacy left. She was the fucking worst. Yeah, and like, Mallory might oh, be cool. Oh, uh, Mallory, hello, Mallory, great. What are we going to learn from Mallory? She's fucking awesome. I don't want to put too much pressure on this, but I am very excited to find out what Jesse's secret language. It's very intriguing. It's yeah. almost like clickbait. No, exactly. I can't wait to read it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what is Jesse's secret language? Yeah, Je- Jesse spoke <gasps> in tongues. I, I, can I make a prediction now? Yeah, sign language. Is that what you think it is? I bet it's going to be sign language. Okay. I bet she has like a deaf family. I'm going to say uh, that you don't know how to do clickbait. Here's how we do clickbait. <laughs> Jesse speaks more than one language. The second one will surprise you. The third one will make you cry. Yeah. So it sounds like we're winding things down. Is there anything you you want to say to the baby nation, to the baby bees and the baby uh, girls and the love baby y'all. boys? Thanks for yeah. being with us. Please like, rate. Oh, this is so good. This is so this is so fucking great. We can now that we're we're real. Yeah. We're like we're fucking we're big timers. Now. Like us on Facebook. Like us on the Facebook. Rate rate and subscribe. Please do rate and subscribe because it actually genuinely affects. And if you're our, feeling real proactive, hit us with a review. That sounds good. And then visit our website because Jack, for some reason, insisted on getting a website. And here's the thing. Like, here's a secret, Baby Nation. If you really like the Babysitter's Club, Jack tirelessly (laughs) slaves away at writing up show notes every week (laughs) and posts it on our website. And they're very good and no one looks at them except (laughs) me. (laughs) Thank you for saying so. Yeah. I'm glad you noticed. I've been Jack Shepard. I've been Tanner Daniel Greenring. Oh, I've, can I do my middle name now? Yeah. I've been Jack Alexander Shepard. I've been Tanner Daniel Greenring. Claudia's wearing a bra now. The way she talks, I think boys have just been in bed. In 86, N.M. Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time the Babysitter's Club we got any other uh, any other uh, segments we like to do? No, but here, look at this. Yeah, see the knots of wood above the scratching post. Yeah, looks like a chihuahua's face. Okay, you see it? Yeah. Uh, uh, can, can, allow me to remind our listeners. Now you're never gonna unsee that. Oh, uh, you son of a bitch.